0: Welcome to Tech, the show and podcast focusing on the latest trends in supply chain, procurement, and logistic technology. My name is Max Henry from the Global Supply Chain Council, and together with my co-host and special guest, we explore the personalities, startups, innovators, and industry players driving disruption in supply chain, from early stage to unicorns, and from cutting-edge technology the people using it to help drive more innovative, agile, and resilient supply chain around the world. This is Chantech. Come to the Chantech Show, the first podcast focusing on all things supply chain, logistics, and procurement technology. My name is Max Henry. I'm the founder and the executive director of the Global Supply Chain Council, the show is again produced by the Global Supply Chain Council in partnership with Chain.net and Chain Tech. So we're excited to have our guest today. I'm you know, very pleased to you know, welcome Alvin E with the co-founder of Holio joining us. And But also I'm joined by my, my co-host, uh, Andy uh, Macion and Hoé Vrong, who also going to introduce themselves. Um, hi, Andy. Hi, Ray. Hi, Max. Thanks very much for Hi. having
1: us on today. Uh, very much looking forward to talking with Alvin. Um, you know, my name is Andy McKeown. I've been in the industry for logistics industry for over 20 years now, and I'm the co founder and CEO of Logchain. Hi, Hi, Max. Thanks.
2: Hi, Max, thanks for having me today as well. I'm, I'm working at the Cuenago, at the logistics analyst, and also work at Bosch in Vietnam before. So I'm quite interested in the supply chain industry and join the panel today.
0: Thanks again for joining us uh, for this uh, discussion around, you know, logistic uh, log tech technology. And with a focus again on what's happening in Asia. So let me start with you, Alvin. Uh, you know, it's great to have you here for, uh, you know, this uh, uh, this episode, uh, we know we know that you are uh, you founded Holio uh, quite recently, and you have also a very interesting background uh, in the industry. Could you share with us, you know, uh, where you come from, and you know what actually uh, made you and motivated you to start uh, this uh, this company, Holio yeah?
3: yeah, thanks uh, once again. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great privilege and honor, uh, Max, Andy, and Hugh. Um, thanks for having me here so uh, good afternoon guys. My name is elvin co founder and CEO of polio. Um, the interesting thing about myself I was a trucker you know when I was twenty five years old. I'm actually a second generation business leader um, that I started container trucking um, you know back when when I was twenty five years old. I grew a very traditional company from one truck to fifteen trucks in three years, and I worked for my father essentially. Uh, but five years into doing that, um, you know, I started and co-founded Holio. Though another very interesting fun fact about Holio is that it's actually not founded by myself. It's actually co-founded by my original founder is my partner, who actually is Sebastian, and he's the, the the chief product officer of Holio. Holio, essentially, it's, uh, for lack of a better word, we are like Uber or slash Grab for container trucks, and our vision is to connect Southeast Asia to the world. HOLIO stands for haulage in overdrive, and we are basically an a uh, digital aggregator of container trucks in Southeast Asia. And uh, you know we basically today uh, have a network of over 6,000 trucks across Singapore, Thailand, and Indonesia, and we are expanding into the rest of Southeast Asia by end of 2025. So that essentially is my background and my history. So I am this, basically doing HOLIO to disrupt myself, for lack of a better word.
0: Okay, so this is interesting. So you, the partner, the, the Benjamin, the, you know, your partner was basically a, uh, someone that you knew who had that idea and it actually came to you yeah. uh, with the idea of, of, of launching this company, right?
3: Yes, he did. So the interesting thing was, uh, you know, maybe for all the logisticians out there, um, in my very humble opinion, um, it's like it takes a lot, you know, but it takes someone from the inside to actually disrupt yourself, but it's actually almost virtually impossible to do that unknowingly or naturally because it's like telling yourself that whatever you have learned and whatever you have been doing for the past decade or decades for some people here is wrong. And it takes someone from the outside actually to tell you that you're wrong. And yeah. the, the, the real funny thing is that when he shared with me the vision of polio in the very first place, I actually told him that it wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: This, this is something that gets me really excited because yeah, you, know, so- you get people from the industry who are used to doing things in a certain way and they're not ready for change. You've got people from outside the industry who can see that there's some fundamental problems, but they don't have the domain experience. And that's why I always think it's to have a natural balance between the technology and the domain experience.
3: That's the key to Logitech. Spot on. Spot on, buddy.
0: So what was the trigger for you to actually... Uh, you know, accept the offer to, because did you actually leave your family business and because you were working full time with that, right? Yeah, and what actually convinced you to uh, say goodbye to your dad and, and just say, I'm, I'm going to go and, and, and set up a company who, you know, new company uh, might disrupt you, actually.
3: Yeah, there are, there are three phases to this, right? The first phase, essentially, is the moment I said no to him, um, he left my, my office, I record very vividly. And I, very, I record very vividly as well. For the next two weeks, I actually couldn't sleep very well because I was asking myself, what if this guy is actually right? Like, what, what happens if, if his vision comes true, right? And because I, myself, have been looking at technology for a while myself, you know, and I've always been, trying to be innovative and disruptive, I told myself this question. If he were to succeed, it made me realize that I have this existential crisis problem because then I wouldn't exist anymore as a trucker, right? So that is the first thing that... So I told myself, that, let, let's just you know take a look at this. And I mean, anyway, he caught me at the right time because I was a bit angry with my father, working for him for five years now. And you know, I was kind of like trying to do something on my own. So he caught me at the perfect time. But the reality is that, guys, I actually only formally left my family business one year after Holyo started. So that was when I started to fundraise for the first time. And, you know, when when we have interested VCs, you know, asking us, who's the CEO? And I got to ask myself this question now already, because I can't be a part-time CEO at Holyo for sure. And we were actually... You know, we were incubated by PSA, which is one of the largest port operators in the world. We had some interest from the industry. We we're doing quite okay. And I told myself that we could be onto something here, you know, and we we're actually on the or we actually managed to close a million dollars sit round. Um so I decided to tell my father that, you know, give me your blessing. And in fact, the biggest blessing I must say that my father has ever given me till today was a fifty dollars, fifty thousand dollars check that he put into my company. Oh wow. And okay. till today it means a lot to me because it's basically telling me that, son, I endorse this and you can, you know, please, you can go out and, and, and try to do this on your own. And that to me means everything. That's very yeah. powerful. Very powerful. So,
2: come back to your business. So, what's your targeted customer and what the market that you are uh, aiming to at the moment?
3: Well, originally when Holio started, right? Our immediate vision, our, our tagline essentially is together with Cargo faster. and still today, we believe in a lot in community building. We believe a lot in job pooling. We believe a lot in resource sharing. So we actually first iteration of Holio was basically like a friends, a Facebook of, for, for truckers. Like we create an online profile. We're not changing anything because today without Holio, before then, the trucking companies have their little clicks where they share jobs with one another. But they do it via WhatsApp, phone calls, fax machines, you know. So to directly answer your question Hugh, you, thereafter, when we had our first community of 30 truckers, I recall back in September 2017, which was like five months in, we had our very first customer calling us and say that, hey, Elvin, we have an urgent job. Right? And I recall it's a freight forwarder. And he says that you actually have a network of 30 truckers on your platform, right, which is quite sizable. It's urgent. Why don't you do this job for us? So we were like, oh... Bingo. We actually have our first revenue. We didn't expect it to come so fast to be very honest with you guys, right? Because we very, we are very clear about our vision. So our customers today are mostly anyone actually who needs to haul a container. We started out having container truckers themselves as our customers, right? Basically they book a container on our platform and we actually match it to the, to the, to the trucking company, right? For, for, we are actually not a, a Uber or Grab, right? And I've never believed in marketplaces. We are basically a digital haulier or you want to put it that way. Right, we basically take on all the SLAs, the responsibilities. So any shipper, freight forwarder, shipping line, ports that need to haul a container, they are our customers. And right now, our immediate target audience is Southeast Asia. So we we believe that every shipment coming in and out of Southeast Asia to be transacted on our platform, and every export coming into Southeast Asia. Uh, I'm sorry, every import coming to Southeast Asia is probably an export from China or anywhere else in the world. So that's really what we are targeting. And we want to be able to fulfill containers anytime, anywhere in this region. Yeah, uh,
2: okay. As I know that also uh, all the company, kind of DHL, Panabina, or even the Kunago, they have the digital technology platform on their yeah, website. Hmm. What, what makes your company... A difference, or make your company special to the other customer, and they choose you rather than the other three pls. Uh,
0: good the question.
3: Funny, yeah, it's a good question. But the funny thing is, those three pls are actually our customer. So we we are you think about it, right, guys? Uh, we we feel that okay, we are all supply chain experts here. And in my very humble opinion, supply every supply chain is only as strong as its weakest link. You guys are a chain link, right? And unfortunately, the weakest link that we have identified, and I've been a trucker myself before, I've dealt with drivers for 10 over years now, is actually more, more often than not the transporters, right? The truckers, the bumps the, the and pops is so fragmented in Southeast Asia. There are millions of truck drivers out there that are actually either owner operator. Most of them are not owner operator. Most of them are like made up of very small size companies that own maybe three or five trucks. Right, And these people, they don't have the, the the know-how of technology. They want to transform, but they don't know technology because they are firefighting almost every single day. So our value creation is a, platform ag- is a platform aggregator, both on the demand side and on the supply side. What we are essentially trying to do is to be a Robin Hood here. We give technology to help these holier partners of ours to sort of upgrade themselves to be more relevant for the future so that these milestones that DHL's customers want can be then integrated into our solution. So this is one of the, I would say, the the, the, the thing that defines who we are, right? And we are essentially trying to be a high-tech trucking operator that I know that the likes of DHL Panopina also outsources in Southeast Asia.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, you talked about this, Alvin, and also something you mentioned earlier about the, the clicks within the trucking companies, <laughs> because this is always one of the biggest challenges I've always seen within logistics and supply chain, it's quite often considered a zero-sum game. So every... And this is... And this is, I think, is one of the biggest challenges that Logitech businesses have to try and cut through that because you've got to get trust and you've got to build an ecosystem and you've got to bring all the players to the same table and them not to worry that they're not going to break each other's rice balls.
3: That's a a great question, Andy. I think, like, um, you know... First and foremost, the thought process would then be, is this a, is this really a zero-sum game? Okay, then, then, then we ask ourselves, if we get the other question, if it's a zero-sum game, let's assume that this is, is correct, right? What we are essentially trying to do, a lot of, at the beginning, most people see Hollywood as a middle, another digital intermediary, another middleman, essentially, right? And I always go back to the drawing board with my team. When we, any kind of startup, whether it's in biotech or whatever tech, in, in anywhere in the world, right? We are here to solve a problem. What's the problem statement? What is the pain point that the shippers slash or forwarders are facing today? They don't have milestones. They don't know where the container is. Whenever you pick up a phone, they will ask, where is my container? And then I can guarantee you, the person that picks up the phone will say that, let me check and get back to you because they don't have visibility themselves. So how do we bridge that gap? How do we use technology such that we can bridge not just the freight forwarder, the exact person who is receiving the container directly to the haulier or the truck driver himself, the moment he gets out, it sends a signal to the recipient and we get all this inspiration from GREP. Right? In in Southeast Asia, Grab, you can share a ride. Right? And, and how do you yeah. allow the truck driver to share that container right exactly to the sorry, recipient? Yeah, yeah, please. I'm please. gonna
1: cut I'm gonna cut you off there because I think the problem's bigger than that. Because yeah, of course. if you look at a lot of these large legacy companies, DHL, panel you know, these people that we mentioned, to be honest, I think their approach to technology is outdated. I'm sorry to say it because they're (laughs) quite often focused on CapEx. To onboard a customer can take months. It can take a lot of time. It takes teams. Mm -hmm. Whereas technology like Holio, it's actually, uh, it's a lot more agile. And it means like you've you've covered everything that I quite often talk about. It's the mom and pop's. These are the people where the technology be, should be focused on. The yeah. MNCs have always been able to afford technology. It's the mom and yeah. pops that couldn't. So exactly. that's where I think the big difference is for Holio. But this kind of leads me to a, another bigger and maybe controversial question here. There's a lot of companies out there like Flexport and like Porto now that are blurring mm-hmm. the lines between solutions provider and service provider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd like, especially in the Logitech industry, it's quite young in a lot of ways. Yep. And I think over the next two years, people are going to have to decide one way or the other. What do you think? Do you think this is sustainable in the
0: blurring of the lines?
3: Um, Holio, it's a service provider today. Uh, but we also, I think it's, uh, the, the thing with, uh, that's a good question. In the, I think the thing that really question ourselves and think about is that must it always be zero or one? Why, why can't it be a hybrid of both? Right. And I think if you look at what Flexport is doing, they're actually well not Flexport, I know Convoy is doing that. They are they were a digital broker. They are now providing their digital technology to traditional brokers. If you see where we're coming from. And then, yeah. and then come on, guys. So supply chain, we're in a we're in a fantastic industry. I mean, sometimes I hate my father. Why do you do logistics? But now I love him because guys, supply chain It's a 9.7 trillion and growing business. So long as you need to move cargo, so long as there's no more Trump, so long as there's less of this, you know, shortage of globalization, so long as goods needs to move, so long as trade is flowing, you need Mm. us. And it's a big enough space, guys. There's there's, there's no need for one winner take all, right? If you look at the freight forwarding space, you know, the biggest guys own like 3%, if if I don't recall wrongly. Yeah. Right. So, so to, 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 to that to that question essentially then I would I would then say that I would see Holio, today we're a service provider. Tomorrow we could we could essentially we are actually licensing some of our technology to some of these trucking companies as well. It's just that in my humble opinion, in Southeast Asia, the enterprise says um it's not evolving yet. if you want like tra- is, they are more traditional, you ask them to pay for a software solution to them. They don't like the concept of paying continuously, they want to pay for IT. Then you said I buy a system, like you tell me hundred grand. Okay, I pay, right? But then after that, don't ask ask me to pay anymore. It's a cultural shift. But, but if, yeah. you, if you ask the boss today, are, are they using Netflix? Are, are they using Spotify? They are. Are they using Microsoft licenses? So they will slowly, gradually shift towards
0: that. In my opinion. Yeah. but Alvin, uh, let's let's be clear here. I mean, you you've, you've been raising quite a bit of of, of funding, and, and again, congrats Not on you, on your more, <laughs> on your well. On your congrats on your most recent round of funding, but yeah. the VCs, the investors which are putting trust and money into your organization. What do they want you to be in in five years from now? Do yeah. they want you to become a technology company or uh, another free Pierre with a kind of a, a tech flavor to it? I think
3: VCs, I don't know whether VCs or, are or, do, or to maybe VCs, they don't know. <laughs>
0: maybe they have no idea.
3: I think they don't know what they, they don't know what they know especially in Southeast Asia uh, to the Southeast Asian VCs who are listening to this, right. I'm sorry to say this, but I think the, they don't know enough, right. I've always said this. I think Andy can attest to this, right. We, I pitched to several of them. There's anyone you tell me like, I don't know, golden gates, the famous ones I pitched to all vertex, right. Do you know that when I started Holyo, I have to actually bring a toy model of the prime mover. I did a plasticine model of a container and a trailer <laughs> so that I can show them what my business it's about, And yeah. you know, when the VC asked me this question, does the container belong to the truck? I was like, okay, fine. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's move this on. is what you're dealing with. This is, and you're right. I've talked to them all. And look, this is not just, I mean, Alvin, you've already, you've crossed this bridge. <laughs> I know you have, but I've got a message for all the other founders out there. Sit down with the VCs and they talk <laughs> about the money. Now, they also talk about the value add that they'll bring. Just yep. ask them one question. Just one. Give me one example of this value add that you think <laughs> you're going to bring to this business. One example. Challenge them on that. The VCs yeah. challenge all the startups. Exactly. They always say your deck is terrible, your business plan's not very good, <laughs> you've overvalued yourself. But they <laughs> talk about how wonderful they are. Ask them what is the one, spe- just one, one specific value add that they can bring to the table. I their money, and you'll bro. be... <laughs> You'll be faced with silence. This is the thing. Domain knowledge is important. Get, honestly, talk to private equity, talk to angel investors, the yeah. VCs. They're excited about Logitech, but they've got no experience yet. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about the challenges that you face with your, with your company, uh, Alvin. There must be many. Uh, but if you had to pick one or two, what would you say are the biggest challenges you face as you grow and, you know, and, and start to expand across the region?
3: I think there's a few, right? Um, the first one was mindset shift. I've always believed uh, very firmly in our vision of what, um, not just in, in Southeast Asia, but the world, right? There are actually many holios already springing out in China, in yeah. Europe and in the U S. So I'm actually proud to, you know, to say that we are actually started around the same time, but the, yeah, the biggest challenge is the mental shift. Like how do we create enough value to the customers, which is which anyone who needs to haul a container, as well as the most importantly, the hauliers, the truck operators. How do they see us as a platform for growth, as a technology partner, as a financial partner, rather than just simply a middle, another middleman? So I think that is my biggest challenge, which you know, only time will tell. Unfortunately, we are not in a business of fast growth. I recall, I shall not quote that, that BC, right? I recall somebody telling me this before, Elvin. I give you $750,000. I want you to capture the market share, Singapore market share, 30% of it in the next 18 months. If not, I'll crawl back from you. Do you know what I wanted? I wanted to, I was so angry because he obviously don't understand the business. If I have $750,000 and I can really just transform and win 30% of the market today, anybody can do hollyo, guys. Anybody, it's not about the money anymore. You need to understand that like, the vision is clear, but there's one thing that I always tell my existing investors is why well. my future investors is that this is a long term game. And is every business suitable for a venture? Is it venture backable? You have to ask yourself that question again. That like yeah. I said I, I'm very clear that this will be the future, but the only thing I cannot control is when will it happen? Will it take but, two years? Will it take yeah. five years? Will it take ten
0: years? But Alvin, that value perception issue that you face, is it uh, stronger among the end user shippers, the manufacturers, retailers, the brand owners, yes. or is it bigger among the 3PLs? Because yes. I feel that as you focus also, because you kind of, you kind of have a, have a dual sale process, yeah. you're targeting both groups, the 3PL might be harder to crack because they might tell you, oh, we have the tools already, we don't need you. Uh, but maybe the end-user shippers probably need it more. So what's your thought about
3: I think the 3PLs have another set of problems, guys. They have solutions. They have technology. DHLs probably send millions of dollars trying to do what they're doing. But the biggest challenge that they face, in my humble opinion, is adoption. It's the same problem that Hordeo faces as well. How do you make sure that all your vendors... You can always go top-down, guys. I've spoken this many times Before I've spoken to MERS, I've spoken to c I've spoken to CMA, I've spoken spoken to DHL. Everybody wants to have their own app. But you go back and get the question again. Why do you need an app? Do you know if, unless it's a dedicated model where you actually dedicatedly procure a truck that is painted DHL and only does DHL jobs, then yes, the application works. But for haulage, it's different. Guys, it's a many-to-many problem. The truck drivers will not give a damn, I'm sorry to say this, whether the job belongs to DHL or does it belong to Kuhn or does it belong to Siva? Because if the driver can do that, they won't be drivers, guys. You've got to understand the root cause of the problem. Guys, if you are listening, whoever that you are listening, listen to me, right? Why are you... It's not about... You can spend millions, but it's about adoption. Are you willing to go down to the ground? Are you willing to do the hard work? And this is what Hollywood is doing. I was a trucker, yeah. guys. I know exactly what a driver thinks. Okay. And if you think about it, right, if I use a very simple, just give me a two minutes to, to sort of pitch this, right? If yeah. you think about it, today I'm seeing. Okay, let me use the the the, the food kitchen or a, a restaurant for example. I I I I use their friends who run FMB, right? For example, they have a new omni channel today. Grab Food, Deliveroo, Food Panda, Delivery Hero, wherever you guys are listening from any part of the world, right? Does the restaurant actually care where it comes from, where the source comes from? Ultimately, he doesn't care. But when the order comes, the app for Deliveroo rings the app for grab kitchen rings right there are companies today that are already doing an integration service such that whether is it coming from delivery or is it coming from food panda the restaurant just needs to prepare the orders and push it out to them so if you think about it right what my value proposition today is actually guys i am helping to uplift the entire vertical of container truckers the millions of these drivers in southeast asia that nobody wants to touch it's dirty business. You've got to get your hands dirty. When Grab started, Anthony Tan himself had to go down to the ground and get drivers to download the stupid app to teach them how to use the app. These are things that you have to do. Does DHL want to do that? And are they doing it across the entire region using that single mm. app? And you, you've got to understand, unless it's a dedicated model, DHL can have the reserve and right to get them to use the app. But The reason not,
1: why these big companies though, the reason why they all want their own apps is because of fashion. The reason why DHL wants it to have an app is because problem. Schenker's got an app. That, doesn't this stop. is the thing, it's the same as blockchain. <laughs> Everybody sits there and they go in and the CEO. It's a shape
0: mentality here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is, honestly. It's the same with blockchain. Nobody's still, everyone's trying to understand yeah, yeah. blockchain still. And a yeah. CEO will go into a boardroom and they'll bang their fist on the table going, I've just seen our number one competitor's done a blockchain trial. Why don't we have one? And they'll cobble one together and within three months, They'll have in all the trade newspapers that they've done a blockchain yeah. trial. And if you scratch away from the headlines, what do you see? Buzzwords and no added value. Mm. Hoi, hey, what do yeah. you think?
2: And another thing, kind of, uh, we have a, a broader network of the shippers, also the driver and drivers. So uh, they uh, have the fixed contract and have the long term commitment with those. Those words. Like those words. yeah. Those so. Words. so yeah, so how how can they come back to you and how can you build up the network of the truck drivers? Some, some kind of that?
3: No, I think it's a matter of whether it's dedicated or if it's dedicated, contracted model, yes, it works. It, it makes sense for the driver to just put on a Kun and Nago uniform and paint a Kun and Nago truck. But essentially, right, how it really works in the transportation world is that it's never the case. I used to be a trucker. Why would I just put all my eggs in? Can Kun and Nago... Okay, if you talk about normal transportation, fine. You probably have a, a, a contract logistics that you have daily milk runs. But can you control when the containers are always going to come? Guys, it's out of your control. The shipping line screws up. The ship gets delayed. Can you control that? Can you exactly tell the trucker that you ha- that 10 containers that I am asking Kunenago to, to truck? If the vessel delay, what are you going to do? Does the truck driver wait there and wait for Kunenago's job? They don't. they got to find somewhere else. they got to find something else to do. And this essentially... Is what haulage is about because there are things that is not within your control. It's a scheduled business. It's not an on-demand business, but the, what is the vessel delays? Once the vessel delays, the job becomes on demand because suddenly you, 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 you are planning for 10, eight, 10 containers to be trucked in today, but they just tell you one thing. The vessel just tell you vessel delay. Your customer asks you, why is the vessel delay? Sometimes I get this question. I was like, can you try calling the captain of the ship? How do I know, man? dude? How, I can't yes. control the ship, right? You
2: please yes, tell and, me. And, and, and Shippers also contact are with the ship. Ship
3: Shippers yes. and consigning, please listen to us logisticians here. We can't control when the vessel is going to arrive, right? It's not as though you are taking a flight. Yes, flights don't delay that much. You can tell the shipping line, mm. why, why are they always delayed? Then the shipping line will tell you, oh, the port got no space or the, the, the berths are delayed and everything always something else, something else is wrong. At, at the end of the day, who suffers? The guy who is trucking the goddamn container because you are the one that is trucking it, then you go solve the problem for me. But are are you looking deeper into the problem? They will tell you, no, I'm paying you for a service, I don't care, right? The moment the container comes, I want it. But guys, if you have 10 customers who want the same container from the same vessel, who do you pick up for? I ask you this very simple question.
2: Okay. The the resilience and enough uh, quantities of trucks and uh, containers to adapt with your customer requirements.
3: So exactly. It's, it's basically an aggregation. It's an economies of scale game. When shipping lines consolidate upstream, they forgot that the downstream has to consolidate as well. And yeah. that essentially is what Holio is doing. We are doing a digital aggregation and consolidation of pooling of resources.
0: Okay. So, uh, I mean, let me ask you, I mean, you know, Southeast Asia, entire Asia, China, you mentioned it already, has a lot of, uh, similar platform. Uh, I mean, first, do you find a lot of competition? Who are your competitors right now in Asia? Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, n- name them so we, we, we understand who they are. Um,
3: I want to say no, but that's something that I think BCs usually will say, oh, if there's no competitor, then you're not doing I, When I mean direct competitor, essentially, I feel that in my very humble opinion, our direct competitors are the incumbents. Right, meaning to say, to end this point is a zero-sum game. We are basically taking volumes away from the traditional incumbents and onto our platform, right? So, but the same, to answer your question directly, Max, there are a lot of digital trucking platforms in software.
0: Yeah, there are. Yeah. yeah, there's
3: a lot of noise in Indonesia. The largest, wear Six, Retasel, Cargo, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, Logisly, uh, Vietnam. We have uh, LogiVan, um, EcoTruck, Truck. Um, Thailand we have g Delivery, Philippines, Interlock, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Malaysia we have we actually have this company called Grab Holage, by the way. Grab Holier. Uh there is uh Link Hall. Um there is uh yeah basically more or less covered. Uh, so, yeah. a so a lot, lot of, of players.
0: But so but you are you saying that none of them are doing what you do exactly? Uh,
3: not, no, yeah, no, they are mostly in the middle mile, guys. So if you think about it, right, there are similarities uh, to our Chinese listener. We have Full Truck Alliance. Essentially, it's the, one of the yeah. earliest trucking platform uh, in China to be listed. They're actually on yeah. the stock market now. There is an equivalent of Hullio in China called Duck Build, D-U-C-K-B-I-L-L. So okay. the fundamentals is exactly the same, guys. To most people, a truck is a truck. But our if we go down to specifics, our kind of trucks are Optimus Prime. You guys know Transformers, right? Basically, the the, the primers that with a with a trailer to pick up a box. So this is H in the US or, or American terms, and in Southeast Asia it's more haulage. So the convoys are point to point, state to state trucking, which is what Full Truck Alliance and convoy is. The equivalence of Holio in the US is dray alliance. And is, is co-founded by Steve Sear. He's also a good friend of mine, right? And 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 essentially what we are is that in Southeast Asia, we are one of the first that actually focuses just from haulage to start off first. And most of these guys like Cargo, Ritase, they started from mid-mile. They started from domestic point-to-point wing boxes. You know, it's, it's more point-to-point domestic distribution deliveries.
0: They are, they, are,
3: they are starting to come up to my space. Don't get me wrong, right? But But they are... Uh very few. I think EcoTruck, I would say that it is one of the, the, the a, a phenomenal co- a, quite a phenomenal company in, in Vietnam, which I'm actually recently connected to the CEO as well. I think we, we share a lot of um, similar vision, right? And Easy Hall, I, I forgot to mention Easy Hall from Malaysia. So yes, Easy yeah. Hall, but Easy Hall is more DHL now today. So they are competitive, but I actually see them as fellow comrades trying to digitize and trying to transform the incumbent. So to another degree, I don't really view competition as a threat. I see these fellows as having the same vision and wanting to sort of transform the industry together. When, when I when I see it from this lens, I, I, I don't really want to see them as a competitor or a threat. If you get what I'm trying to say.
0: But but you mentioned company like Wear Six in Indonesia, who has you know huge amount of cash mm-hmm. uh, on their account. I mean, you know, we could you know if we could actually be a threat to you, right? Could be, yeah.
3: I think I know Andre himself. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is, I'm actually connected to all the CEOs of all the, and the founders of these companies, right? And yeah. I think, I think Andre, I've known him since 2018. I think he was on the show before. I don't know. I, I went to Chain. dot net and I saw, I saw. He, uh, he was. He, he's
0: listed. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, we are a younger batch of entrepreneurs trying to sort of transform things. Yes, could they be competitive? I think so. But we are. Well, I feel that we are living in a world today where we are talking about both co-op, the concept of cooperation gets closer and closer. Right? We should really think about how we can, you know, focus on where we are strong at, You know, upstream to downstream, downstream to upstream. where six started out wanting to be an Airbnb for, for warehouse, but they's like they 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 sort of pivoted to more trucking in in Indonesia that that is how I see things yeah. but but I
0: um, I want to challenge you on this because you know yeah, I mean sure. with a chaintech platform you know we we actually have we have studied the integration aspect of, of many of you guys and and realized very quickly that there are very few apis and integration between each other, so you're saying that you are doing some kind of co, co- competition or or par- or you could be partners eventually, but right mm-hmm. now as we as we look at your solution. Do you connect with last mile provider? Do you connect with other platforms? You don't, right? Uh, so, and not we yet. don't see that not happening uh, anywhere in Asia. Very, very few connections between all those log tech companies.
3: I think it takes two hands to clap, right, Max? Um, well, the first, the first way to think about this is we need to remove the concept that we are competing, right? Uh, if I may, I am actually, you know, reaching out to logistics. Uh, okay, well, not logistics delivery. I can I can I can outrightly name delivery. Uh, if uh, Tom is listening okay. to this, I know I know this. I just recently met the country head in in, in Thailand as well. We we are both portfolio companies of PSA Unbox, and they are in a very specific space that I'm not in, and I'm in a very specific space that they are not in. And because of PSA's influence, PSA Cargo Solutions is looking to do their vision is to sort of uh, looking at uh, orchestrating supply chain. So that's the reason why they invested in us as a first mile platform. And that's the reason why they invested in delivery as a mid mile to last mile platform. So yes, Max, you're right. There is no integration works today yet. But because we are in our formative years of trying to fight incumbents to begin with, I do believe that this will happen soon. I I Fingers crossed, I hope, we, we will, because I am actually open to integrating with any of them. If you are listening, any of you are listening here. Yeah. Polio <laughs> is happy to integrate with any of you. Just, Polio, click
1: with me. Alvin, uh, I've got a suggestion yeah. here because we have got a similar challenge at, at LogChain. Yeah. And I don't know whether you're familiar with NextPost, but we are yeah, just basically definitely. signed up an MOU with NextPost. Yeah. And great, great I company. sat down at, yeah. And I said, look, we are doing similar things, but not the same thing. And let's stop with the flirting. Let's get on with the dating. So we, are, we have now got um, some announcements coming out in the next Then where's weeks. the marriage? <laughs> well, we've got to do the dating first. But this, this is what I would suggest for you to do with some of your competition out there. Yeah, Pick yeah. a POC trial. That's yeah. exactly what we're doing with Nextport. So yeah. we're working with a couple of small customers, and that's basically our
3: dating process.
1: You don't I, I totally to agree.
3: I so, okay. you've
1: got that's the way to do it.
3: Pick yeah. a PLC. Two, weeks later, two weeks later, I'm meeting Logistly Rulin. Uh, Rulin, if you are listening to this, I'm meeting her for for lunch, right? Uh, and I make it a point, right? I think we are we are reaching a stage where you know it's beyond I fight you, you fight me. I really think we should think about collaboration because at the end of the day, who do we serve? What problem are we solving? Go back to your fundamentals. Go back exactly. To your
0: right?
3: Yeah. And if your if today DHL is using Holio for for haulage, which they are, right? And DHL wants to go downstream. Why should I? do it by myself, if I can collaborate with logistics who already have their own network in Indonesia, why start from scratch? Just yeah. work together, right? And, and the, the market is big enough, guys. I this just goes back to the
1: conversation words. about zero-sum
3: game. I don't believe
1: all of it is a zero-sum game. It's
3: not. You're right, bro. It's not zero-sum game. Because if you can create more value, then you make trade facilitate better, then therefore it's not a zero-sum game anymore. That's what all of us want yeah. as a logistician here, right?
0: I think, Alvin, to go back to your point, sorry. uh, I think a lot of the founders, uh, and again, are still immature when it comes to, you know, uh, this kind of (laughs) discussion. And they still have, you know, they see, you know, the next, uh, you know, uh, startup. I think think it's it's not
3: about about maturity because, to be honest, guys, Holio had to go through a difficult two and a half years before COVID as well, before Southeast Asia opened up. And I think a lot of these founders share the same pain that I felt. Andy himself, it was, I it think, was difficult. Yeah. It was, it was a slaughterhouse, right? When COVID happened, a lot of our existing customers, the truckers, they all have different priorities. We just basically had to survive. And I think now that the, the, the world is reopening again, I'm traveling almost every week out of Singapore. I, I see a lot of possibilities and okay. I'm, I'm, I really want to take this opportunity to reach out to any of them, like EcoTruck, LogiBand. I know all of them. Let's work together because that is the ultimate purpose we want to serve. We want to solve a problem for our customers.
0: Yeah. Anyway, this is one of the things we will also help you uh, with the Chen platform because we, this you. is something we're going to be, we're going to be coming to you and challenging you on your APIs <laughs> and the integration sure. that you have. We have all the startups listed on the, on the database. So we Great. can then see the connection and see how you guys can actually collaborate together. Awesome. Uh, so that's something. Final question before we wrap up. We have a few more minutes. Uh, Andy or Hoey, uh, do you have one quick final question that you would like to ask to uh, Avinia?
2: Yes. So you mentioned about a partnership. So how do you think the partnership will look like in your next plan when you launch your other market?
3: Uh, well, when I was in Hong Kong, I actually, uh, you know, was at this event where I, I, it's a live pitching competition. And they asked me, Alvin, what's the biggest and the most challenging thing for you to scale? And I answered that I need to just find more Elvins in the rest of Southeast Asia. It was a very intuitive answer. And that is the spirit of it. And I realized that going into Thailand now, when, when we're actually already there and in Indonesia and in Vietnam moving forward, it's really about finding the local heroes. So my future partnerships would be. Forming possible joint ventures, we want to work with the local champions. We want to look with the local albins of the industry to sort of ultimately bring value to the market. Because why did Grab manage to outwit? Uber, because it's not a, uh, in Southeast Asia, it's a very unique market. You've got to hyper You need to, when I go, I, I'm lucky uh, to, to the viewers, here or the, I mean, if you watch me, you know, my face, I look like a Southeast Asian. When I go to Thailand, they speak Thai to me. When I go to Indonesia they speak Indonesian to me, but you got to understand that Southeast Asia, this is our blood. This is my playground. This is my home ground, right? We have to really work with the hyper-localized heroes to, because the truckers, although they are more or less the same, but the truckers in Vietnam, could be very different from the truckers in Thailand. And you need a local hero to get that. And I'm very self-aware to know that I am not the right person. I, do, I might look like a Vietnamese, but I'm not one. But, so we will actually look out for local partners. And I'm doing a big shout out now here. Holo is expanding to Vietnam, Malaysia, as well as Philippines in the next year or so, next 18 months. Look out, just we are happy to partner. Basically, I, I don't want to own everything by myself because I don't believe in that.
0: Okay, Andy. Final final question before we close. Yeah, quick one, not so Afield. much to do with the yeah.
1: the business, but more to do with you personally. Because you know, there's a lot of demand from investors, the market. You know, things uh-huh. like COVID happen, so companies have to fork, they have to pivot. You have to you have to be agile, but you can sometimes lose your way, not just as a business, yeah. but also as an individual. Yeah. Do you have a personal north star that occasionally, when you get lost and you get distracting factors do you have a perfect. north star that you look to and say that's where i'm going
3: perfect question my people i think uh, you know there are i have a team of 75 now and not just my people my stakeholders my investors the people who believe in me right and and that is the, my motivation to be very honest with you guys i actually went through a little bit of depression i, I look very likely i look very jovial but when in 2020 i had to fire quite a lot of people i had to restructure. I had to re-opt you know, and, and our company has a philosophy and a and a policy of what we call once a Hawaiian, always a Hawaiian. And a lot of these personal people who guys, you are a founder yourself, Andy, right? What we had at the beginning is just a dream. People are following you because they trust you and they see the vision and you just have a, you just have a dream. That's all you have. And these are things that keeps me motivated. And these are things that keeps me awake at night. And I must say that I am co-founder and CEO today, but between myself and my founders uh, and by the other founder is that we both know very well, again, Holio has five core values, all right? Humility, heart, honesty, hunger, as well as hustle, right? Hum- humility is something that is very important to me as a, as a person, as a founder, because I know that every single day I wake up, you cannot, you can never take away my title as co-founder but you can possibly take away my title as CEO. And I need to make sure that every day I wake up and I know I'm the best person for the job. And these are things that keeps me going. And, and, you know, do I have the ambition to want to lead a 2000 packs company to become a unicorn one day? I hope I can be. There are a lot of big founders like Anthony Tan, you know, Razor, Tan Ming Liang. These people are people that I look up to, right? That you, you have this thing of what we call imposter syndrome at times, but you've got to keep challenging yourself and tell yourself that, I want to be the better version of myself every single day. So these are things that keeps me, you know, rooted and motivated every day.
0: All right. With that, thank you very much, uh, Alvin, for joining us today and sharing insight. We had a lot more questions, it's okay, but but we're running out of time and, you know, we want to keep that episode also quite uh, short. Again, thank you for sharing those, uh, those Happy insights. Happy to do round two with you guys if you want. I, absolutely. <laughs> we'll invite you again uh, because we can probably uh, cover a lot more topics yeah, uh, no with problem. you. And uh, we'll do a follow-up episode Happy to at contribute, some point. Yeah. Thank, okay, you so thanks. Much, thank you so much, Thank you. Thank you. I want to also thank uh, Andy and Jorge for joining me uh, for those intensive round of questions. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll make it happen. Again, if you want to um, uh, watch this. Uh, we are going to be available on different platforms we'll also be pushing uh, this episode on chain.net uh, the online community of the um, uh, that we, we manage and uh, also on the different uh, whatsapp group that we have across asia so i want to thank you all of you for joining us and uh, we will look forward to see you again at the next episode thank you
3: great Bye. pleasure thanks,
0: Take thanks. Care, guys